everyone. We hope that you had a great week. Um, We just wanted to start the podcast off today by saying thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who has supported us through this new journey. We feel very overwhelmed with gratitude. Um, We have just seen so much support. Every single one of you that has texted us, subscribed, shared, it just means the world to us. It really does. Yes, thank you so much. And also congratulations to our two winners um, that participated there on social media. We did a giveaway. Um, so hopefully you were able to have a chance in that. But um, thank you. Or thank you, yes, for everyone who, who has helped us out. And also congrats to our two winners there. Yeah. Um, we're pretty excited about what we're going to talk about today. We both feel like we have something uh, personally and then... Biblically, there's just so much to talk about on our topic today, which is seasons of waiting, right? Periods of waiting in your life. Um, it's so applicable to anyone. You never grow out of uh, having to wait for things, um, and you just see that as a continual process. So we hope that today, wherever you find yourself, even if maybe you're you don't really see yourself in a waiting period currently, that there's something that you can draw from this to help you in the future. Yeah, absolutely. And waiting is one of those things I feel like that um, everyone has, you know, you've had some period of it somewhere in your life, um, and it's a thing that everyone can relate to. And when it comes to a spiritual sense, I feel like a lot of times we like to talk about it like, oh, you know, the the power of waiting. And then when it actually gets to our life situation, we're like, yeah, I don't I don't want to wait anymore. It's really hard. Yeah, it is. Um, do you have, uh, Lauren, do you have something, what's a real life just waiting story maybe? Do you have something that you would want to share? Oh, man. There's so many things you could think about. You think about waiting indefinitely, not having an end. You think about waiting for something and you know the end but somehow that doesn't help your patience knowing there's an end coming but um something that I think about is so I have one older sister who is just like my favorite person in the world and but you know it always hasn't been that way she was not my favorite person (laughs) when we were kids um and I can tell you why she wasn't because when we were growing up, she had this thing. And of course, if you if you know my dad, you know he loves to tease. He loves to just instigate and egg things on. And so, of course, he had to always jump in on this process. Um, anytime she was talking about something or doing something that I couldn't understand or I couldn't be part of, she loved to tell me, oh, you won't understand, but... At your next birthday, when you're, say I was 10, when you're 11, then you'll understand. Or the next year, you know, I'd turn 10 and she'd be like, Lauren, you're not going to understand this, but when you're 12, you'll understand when you're 12. And of course, my dad just jumped on board and he was like, yeah, you won't understand until you're 12. And me just being so irritated, thinking I have to wait a whole nother year. This is terrible. It was, I mean, it, it sounds ridiculous now, but the drama, oh. But wouldn't it be great if that's, I mean, if that's, if it was that simple, right? the waiting process, if it was just like, well, just make it to your next birthday and you'll have all the (laughs) answers and life, life would make a lot more sense sometimes, I think. Yeah, but definitely didn't work out that way. Right. Well, there's a lot of scriptural references um, of waiting and there's so many things I feel like all of us could relate at some point in our life, whether that's a, maybe a career decision or a relationship or, um, you know, maybe that is a ministry or something that you're involved in in your church or in your community. And I'm sure we've all hit that point before that it seems like we've searched for every answer. We've done everything that we can. Um, 
and we just we can't seem to find an answer. And I think one of my favorite things about uh, the waiting process in the Bible um, is given in the story of uh, Acts chapter one. And we oftentimes know this scripture from um, Acts chapter one, verse eight. Um, and that's the scripture that says, you shall receive power after that, that the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Um, and that's an awesome scripture to hold on to and an awesome scripture to kind of, you know, have in your mind to recall. But I think my favorite part of that passage is that it shows that there's there's no reward without a wait. Yeah. There's no uh, power without the waiting. See, if you back up just a few verses in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4, Jesus is there uh, before 500 and he says to them, wait here in Jerusalem and I will come back and I shall bring power with me. And and that's when that verse comes in and says, and after that, you shall receive power. He's saying, after I return, but you have to wait. And there were 500 there. And Jesus ascends, literally levitates up into the sky in front of 500 people. And if you keep reading, you see 10 days later, whenever this, the power of the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost, there were 120 there. And so there were, there's those 380 that you just have to wonder, like, what was what was more important than... Right. I mean, you were physically there, watch Jesus go up into the sky and say, I'm coming back and I'm bringing power with me and you shall have that. And yet they found something in life was just pulled them away that was more important than that. It's just clear evidence that no matter what trial you're facing, if you want that reward, if you want to see what is coming on the other side, you have to endure the wait no matter what. I think what's really interesting about that story is they had something visually significant. They saw... Jesus walked the earth and he ascended and he had given them his word. You know, there was so much weight in his word because they saw what he was capable of and what he could do. Yet, what happened to those 300 plus people? Even though they had something to put with their waiting, you know, they had word and they had, I mean, they saw Jesus, yet it was still hard for them. And so how much more today is it difficult for us when we don't see Jesus? Um, Sometimes we don't even hear him in our waiting. And so that it, it becomes that much more difficult for us. And we may not have, you know, 300 other people with us in that waiting process, understanding and going through it with us. Right. Most times we're just, we're alone in that. Which is so difficult. And and in those seasons of waiting, oftentimes, I mean, there are so many emotions and feelings we go through. I mean, think about it. You feel rejected. Right. You feel overlooked. You feel dismissed. You get um, frustrated. Frustrated. Yep. Uh, insignificant. Right. A lot of times. Um, forgotten. Because you think, when is this going to happen? Probably on day nine, they thought he's forgotten about us. Yeah. Um, and then alone. I mean, in that situation, they probably didn't feel quite as alone because there were um, hundreds of them. But it can be so difficult. And in our lives today, it can look so different for each and every one of us. I mean, we pray for you wherever you find yourself right now, whether that is uh, waiting on a spouse, um, dealing with infertility, waiting on a job, um, wait, just waiting on a word to be fulfilled that God has given you, no matter which of those situations are applicable to you. Um, it's never easy. No, it's definitely not. I can agree with that. And there's, there's clear evidence also in the Bible that shows us so many, um, so many examples of the importance of, of the waiting period. Uh, one of the things you mentioned there that kind of made me think of this is that you mentioned that isolation, mm-hmm. you know, that separation, feeling alone, 
Um, and there's so many parts of the Bible and so many stories and so many lives that we can reflect on that show us the importance of that time of being alone and that time of being separated. I think one of my favorite ones is Moses. You know, we, we all know, know Moses as the one that led the Israelites out of Egypt and he saw the burning bush. But a lot of times I think we kind of skip over the part where he was born and raised in Pharaoh's house. He knew the ways of Egypt. He knew royalty. He had anything and everything that he could ever want or imagine. And in order for him to be placed in the position where he could lead the Israelites out, he had to be removed from that. You see, he was put in a place where he was uncomfortable and it made him make some kind of snap decisions, which then pushed him to the wilderness. And he gets married and he's tending to his father-in-law's sheep. And one of the sheep kind of runs off and he's chasing after it. And that's whenever he goes in and he's uh, there before the burning bush and the Lord speaks to him and says, I want you to, to pull my people from slavery. I want you to lead my people to the promised land that I have, that I've spoke of. Had Moses never separated himself there in the desert as just a shepherd, just a guy hanging out with some sheep, it could have been very well that he would have never had the opportunity to hear the direction of God or to hear, you know, the plan that God had on his life. And it's, it just goes to show that that period of isolation, that period of being alone, it is very difficult. It can be very trying mentally and spiritually and emotionally, but God has a great reward at the end of that. And he's, he'll use that isolation. He'll use that time of separation to really give you clarity and to show you, this is the plan that I have for your life. And this is the reward that I have set before you. Yeah. That's awesome. I think about when I think about that story and hearing you say that, I think about just those moments of feeling like you're in a waiting period in a waiting room. Um, and you think, what do I do with this time? What do I do while I'm here? Especially when you find yourself alone. Um, and often in today's society, one thing that is just in our face constantly is the promotion of self. I think that probably has to be one of the biggest stumbling blocks for anyone today, because you look at social media and everyone, what are they promoting? Me. Yeah, there's themselves. Selfies. This is what I ate. This is what I've accomplished. This is what I'm doing. It's my car that I got. This my is, new boat. Yeah. Check out this house I bought. Man, just scroll through it through Instagram and you will feel so insignificant and so alone. <laughs> like you don't have anything nice or cool going for you. <laughs> um, no, but that's just what we see in today's society. And I think um Sometimes that can be such a distraction from our isolation. Right. And so we we go to, you know, we feel alone. And so we go to Instagram to pass the time or whatever your social media platform is you prefer. And you're looking at everyone else's lives and you're just kind of gleaning from those things as you're passing time, you know, enjoying looking at all of their things and all of their stuff. And you're escaping your loneliness, even if just for a moment. Right. And I want to challenge you to be very cautious and more aware of time you spend on those platforms. Um, now, obviously, there are some really great resources out there and, and uh, things that you can follow that can really promote your relationship with God. But to be mindful that anytime we promote ourselves, anytime we promote anything that isn't of God, um, we are, we risk missing out on what God has for us. What do I mean by that? I mean, this whole FOMO thing is plaguing everyone. I mean, you just, 
you're worried you're going to miss out. But what if we shifted our thinking into, um, you know, really thinking in a way that, okay, rather than having a fear that I'm missing out on my life looking like everybody else's, what if we got a hold of gripping the fear that what if I'm missing out on what God has for me? Because in my waiting, I'm not spending time with him. Right. I'm not spending good, time in the word. Point. Because hear me out, when the time comes where you're promoted and you get all of the things that you have waited for, or you get a blessing in your life, do you really think you're going to go back to the quiet isolation stage and spend time with God? Not if you didn't in the waiting. Right. Because when you're on that mountain builds your foundation there. Yeah. Then it's so much easier to go back and spend that time with God and thank him because you've got that relationship. Right. Absolutely. And you know what other story I think about in the Bible? I think about um, just the life of Jesus. Yes. Because we we look at his life and um, when he walked the earth, Paul described it as Jesus was committed to a ministry that he was unable to explain, proclaim, or pursue for the first 30 years of his life. That's that's just an amazing, like, to hear that description and hear that, you know, that point of view on his ministry. I mean, I we're involved at our church now, and we've been involved in ministry for several years, and I just, I can't imagine, I mean, not, not that we do ministry for our own glory and to say, oh, look at what we do, but I can't imagine having a ministry and knowing what you're going to be doing, and, and you can say or do or do, you can't have anything to do with it for 30 years. No, you can't. You know it's yours. You know it's coming. You know what's going to what's gonna happen. But for 30 years, you just sit yeah. and, you, and watch. You know what's required. You know what's expected of you. Right. But you can't tell anybody. I mean, think about if you have a conviction like that God has called you to that looks different from anybody else that you know. And they say, why do you do that? And you can't really even give them the reason. Kids, well, it's... It's good for me. I'm more, I'm, I'm more better than you. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's such a foreign concept to right. us because we thrive off of that community. Right. And, and it's so it. hard for people to understand that when you have something that you feel is setting you apart is, and is setting you to be different. It's, it's hard to explain that. And it's hard for people to really be able to grasp exactly what you under, what you're meaning whenever yeah. uh, you try to explain that to them. But you know what I think about Jesus's life? that is so encouraging that I want everyone to think about today is um, when we see Jesus and John the Baptist baptizes him, he hasn't performed a miracle. He has not done anything miraculous. Nobody knows who he is except, I mean, John the Baptist had, you know, prophesied that this is the Messiah, but nobody, nobody knew who he was yet. He was baptized. And what did God say? He said, this is my son who, in whom I am well pleased. Yeah. He was pleased with him. He was pleased with him in that season of his complete isolation and his season of being anonymous to everyone. Such an amazing point. And his season of, to us, not doing anything. Right. But he was in that preparation, preparation stage. So just because you're in the preparation stage doesn't mean God's not pleased with you. Right. You just have to be faithful with what he's given you to steward in this time. And he, and that's, once again, that's just another piece of evidence that he will be, that's so amazing. He will be pleased with you if you can simply depend on him, if you can simply wait. It's crazy to look at waiting and, you know, there's so many, I feel like so many situations that, everyone can find themselves in, um, in life that 
it's just you're kind of just like you know what's what's going on here where's the next opportunity where's the next i've heard it so many times and i've actually uh i've i know i've used the term over and over and i i kind of recently read something in the bible that um, triggered my thought a little bit i was like wow maybe i've been uh approaching this the wrong ways so many times when we're waiting uh, i'm sure you've heard it you hear people say well, i'm just i'm just waiting for a door to open you know yeah. i'm just waiting on god to open a door for me just waiting on the next <laughs> open next open door opportunity it's just coming right up around the corner you know i'm just gonna sit here and wait on it <laughs> yeah just wait just waiting on the next door and uh and i was recently reading in, in revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 uh, it's Jesus speaking. It's red lettering in the in the KJV. Jesus speaking, and it says, "Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Mm. And if any man hear it and open it, then I will come unto him." And I just it kind of hit me like, "Wow, how many times have I, you know, prayed my seven minute prayer of, you know, God, I'm just having faith and I'm just depending <laughs> on you and I'm just gonna wait on you to open a door, and then I end my prayer and I don't really." give give room or give time for God to speak and the whole time he's saying I'm I'm knocking on the door I'm just waiting for you to activate your faith and and open it and I think that God is saying in this time of separation and isolation that I have you in I want you to be proactive utilize your faith look at every opportunity that I've given you work in the wait and and find a way to to follow after my word and follow after my will and in that, then I can grow you and I can show you the things that I have for you and I can I can bless you through that that work in your waiting. I love that reference and really thinking of it in that way because I've heard it said before, if you struggle with your independent prayer time and your alone time with God, think of it as having a coffee date with God and you're supposed to be at Starbucks at that time with him and so next time, you know, you're trying to get up out of bed before work to um, spend that time in prayer, but you don't want to get out of bed. Think about this verse. He is sitting at the door knocking. He's waiting. He's sitting there with his cup of co coffee waiting on you to show up. And how awful do you feel when one of your friends is waiting on you and you don't show up? You feel terrible. Or even if you show up late, like 12 minutes late, like yeah. they're all like, hey, we're going here and we're going to meet at this time. And you're that one guy, you get there, and, and they're all like, oh, it's okay, don't worry about it. But you know the whole time that you weren't there, they were like, ah, here we go again, right. just waiting on him. And so, you know, not just with prayer, but with everything in life, like God is at that door waiting. He's knocking. Yes. You have to open that door. You have to take initiative and, and spend that time with him and know his word. A lot of times we're struggling in life. And if we would just read his word, he'll reveal himself to us and he'll give us, you know, what we need to sustain us for that day. Right. That's so true. And if you're struggling with looking at everyone around you and, and seeing, you know, what their life looks like, what the fruit of their life looks like. And it seems like they're not struggling, but you are, and your life looks so different. I like to think about Isaiah 43, 19, where it says, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
And so even if you feel like you're in that desert place, don't compare yourself to other people. God is doing a new thing in you, and it's not going to look like the person next to you. Um, your ministry shouldn't look like somebody else's ministry. Your job shouldn't look like someone else's. Your family shouldn't. And so allow God to do something new in you, and I guarantee it will not be something that you're disappointed with. What God has for you is far better than anything we could ever imagine. Right, definitely. And Isaiah... Um interesting that you reference Isaiah because I actually had a, a thought uh, that had come to me, Isaiah 55 and 8, um, and is the verse that it says, my, my thoughts are far above your thoughts and my ways far above your ways. Um, and in verse 9, the Bible describes that um, as saying, God's thoughts are so far beyond ours, it is as separated as the heavens are from the earth. Yeah. And you think about all of the science and technology and telescopes and everything we have we can we can study the earth and we can study other planets and we can study our galaxy but our mind can't even begin to fathom where heaven is where heaven begins how how it exists and where it exists out there and the bible says my ways and my understanding and my thoughts are so far beyond yours mm -hmm. it is as the heavens are from the earth yeah and I feel like we can sometimes get trapped in that, in, in the waiting and in the looking for the answers and in the searching for what God has for us. We get trapped in thinking, I've, I've just got to get this piece if I can just understand this or if I can just see the next few steps. But God doesn't intend for that. He, he intends for him to be the way and him to be the light for what we need and just simply depend on him in faith. And, and he will show us what we need and he will supply us what we need in due time. Yeah. That makes me think of, you were talking about the light, the scripture that says that word is a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. And I, I've heard you talk in your teaching before about that means this step right here. Right. It's not your flashlights that. <laughs> right. Yes. If you look at, I've, I've used that uh, example before in teaching is we kind of, that one's a hard, hard one for us to understand sometimes because we think about once again the technology we have we have those flashlights i can see like the other end of the block and spying pitch, on the neighbors yeah <laughs> pitch black outside and i can see everything that's going on and you know in a 500 yard radius and so we read that scripture and think the the lamp into my feet and the light into my path and it's like okay well i should see like way out there you know i should be able to know what's going on but if you take the time context of when this is written saying the lamp into my feet and the light into my path. I mean, they, they literally just use like oil lamps with one little yeah. flame and be about the equivalent of going outside at night and just carrying a single candle with you. Yeah. And that's what Jesus intended is I'm going to show you where to put your foot for the next step, but past that, you just have to depend on me. Wow. And once you have your foot in that place and once you've shown me that small measure of faith, then, then I'll show you where to put your next step after that. That's but true. it's a day-to-day -day process and it's a, it's a step-by-step -step process that's that we so have to true. go through. One step, look at me. Right. One step, it's not this whole, I'm going to, you know, take off running and... 400 God's... meter dash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does not work that way. Right. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about what you do in this. Like, let's make this practical. So so what can, what can we do in our season of waiting? Um, you know, obviously praying and reading the Bible are all very important things. The words that we speak are very powerful and we need to speak life. We need to speak in boldness and faith that God is going to show up. Um, but one thing that I really love to reference and go back to 
is I love to think about the life of David and right. how um, when he was a shepherd, what did he carry? He carried uh, st uh, stones. Yeah, he and carried a staff. <laughs> Am I thinking of the right things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he carried a shepherd bag, a shepherd's bag. Okay. And in that bag, what did he have? He had his stones, like you talked about. Okay, so I was a little bit ahead. But... Yeah, you're right on track. Okay. And so when he went to um, defeat Goliath, he had stones in his bag. And so wherever you find yourself, collect on your way. You know, David didn't know he was going to be fighting Goliath at that time, but he was collecting those stones in preparation. Wow, that's so true. And so in preparation for, you know, even, you know, your season of waiting or coming out of it, don't be that person that's like, well, I can't get anything out of this. This doesn't apply to me. That's for somebody else. But take everything and prayerfully consider, you know, God, what are you doing in me? Right. You know, rather than question everything and be like, why God, why me? Um, but listen to everything intently and say, God, what are you doing in me? And how can I draw from this? Right. I think that's a really good point. Um, I would say one thing to do in the waiting, and I kind of already referenced it a little bit, but is be, be proactive. Um, you know, do things, um, the story of Gideon in the Bible, um, He's going there before the army and the angel came to him and, and he's praying, you know, how, how am I going to fight this battle? How am I, he's going before tens of thousands and, um, he's praying, how am I going to win this war with only just a handful of soldiers here? And when he's praying, the angel of the Lord came to him and he said, go in the strength of what you know, mm. or if you translate that, do what you're capable of doing. Do what your mind can understand and let God handle the rest of it. Yeah. So many times we try to go in the strength of what we don't know, it seems like, and we just we kind of run run blindly into a wall is what we feel like, and it's because we're doing things that God never intended us to do. Right. He simply is just saying, I've given you your talents that you have, that you have and your skill set that you have. They're there for a purpose. Your right. personality, you're not, you're not weird. You're not a loser. You're not, you know, whatever people profile you as. You're you're independent and you're different and you're an individual for a purpose and the traits that you have and the way that your brain works and the things that you think of that other people don't think of, it doesn't make you weird. It doesn't make, make you wrong. It means that God has something intended for you that he designed you with that, with that specific set of skills mm -hmm. for the purpose of fulfilling his plan. And it's just a matter of taking what you have, taking who you are, embracing that and saying, I'm going to be this, this person and I'm going to be the best version of that person that I can every day. Yeah. I love that. Being faithful with those things, right. being a good steward of what God has given you. Um, it may not seem like a lot to you, but whatever you have, God has given you. And so be a, a good steward of that. One thing that I think would be such a shame is if we spent our lives, you know, being like, well, we're waiting on God. We're, we're waiting to hear from him. Um, I'm not going to be involved in ministry, this ministry, or I'm not going to take this job because, well, God didn't tell me, Hey, Andrew, I want you to do this thing, you know, <laughs> and we didn't hear his voice, but what a shame it would be if we waited on all these things and we said, God, I'm waiting on a word. And he's sitting in heaven saying, I gave you 66 books full of words and you don't know my word. Right. Wow. It's so, it's so thought provoking and just causes you to look at, you know, how much time do you actually spend studying the words, seeking after God, um, and really just 
longing and desiring to understand who he is. Yeah, and in Isaiah, again, we're back in Isaiah 54, um, that's the passage that talks about um, saying barren woman. And so uh, this is very applicable, you know, if you're dealing with infertility. But I think on a broad spectrum, when we look at the season of waiting and you feel like you haven't been given something that you're waiting on, if we look at Isaiah 54, verses 1 and 2, it says, Sing, barren woman. Right. You know, she she has nothing within her, but praise anyway. Right. You know, worship God anyways. Speak of his goodness anyways. In verse 2, here's where I think this is really practical for us, says, Enlarge the place of your tent, is how it starts. Enlarge your territory. Yeah, exactly. Take what you have and make it bigger. Exactly. Work for it. And so... That's something else that you can do in this waiting season. If you're waiting for that job, start acting like you already have that job. If you're waiting for your spouse, this may sound really crazy, but wake up every day and pray for that spouse very specifically. God, I pray that you give, you know, my, my future spouse uh, this type of day. I pray that you do this for this person and you just start pr- praying blessings over them. Start speaking as if it's already there because when you enlarge your territory in that way, when you start to act in faith, when you're waiting on this dream house, if you start, you know, I don't know, maybe buying things for that house in faith, knowing God's going to send it, it's going to happen. Right. Um, he's faithful to show up change will come. Yes, I agree with that. That's awesome. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know about you, but I think the waiting process, as hard as it is, it's one of my favorite things. I love to talk about it. I feel like I could probably just, we could go on. um, But for the sake of time, uh, I just, I want to finish with just saying, I hope we've encouraged you in some way. Um, I hope if you're waiting, um, that keep in mind, if you you missed the pilot, go back and check that out. We talked about just being a laborer for the kingdom, just being, going out and doing what you're capable of doing. And in your waiting, don't let your, don't let your weight become a waste, but, but work through your weight and, and believe that God is going to have resolution for you on the other side. Yeah. And so we're going to leave you with one uh, last encouraging thought. One of my favorite passages of scripture. Um, If we go to Acts chapter 12, Peter was in prison And while he was in prison, the church was earnestly praying for him. Um, And they were at Mary's house. And the angel in the story comes to Peter and says, put your clothes on, put your shoes on, follow me. Long story short, miraculous happening. Peter gets out of prison led by the angel. But I want you to, what I really want you to think about is when he gets out of prison, he goes to Mary, Mary's house, the mother of John. And that's where the church is praying for him. And I want to read this scripture. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. Um, Then it talks about how she ran back um, exclaiming to the church, Peter's here, he's out of prison. Um, And I wanted to talk, you know, in closing about this and reference it because God will honor your faithfulness and give you a role in the story, even when you feel like you are insignificant. Rhoda was just a servant. You know, she was the servant in Mary's house, but because she was faithful, she had a role. And in this story, God blessed her for her, for her consistency and her faithfulness in being a servant. And servanthood 
being a servant is something that is all through the Bible and God will bless you if you are just faithful in the small things. Absolutely. And that's, I think that's just kind of the last, you know, cherry on top to show you that no matter what you're facing, no matter what you're dealing with, you have to, you have to keep waiting and you have to keep working for it. Um, it's not, it's not going to come easy. It's not going to probably show up tomorrow. I hate to say that. Um, you know, it might, it might be another week or a month or it might be six more years before you feel like you have that resolve before you have that answer. But be faithful to God, work on your relationship with him, love the people around you and be a servant and, and watch God unfold what he has for you in his timing. And when that timing comes, when you see that opportunity, whenever you hear him knocking at that door and you open it in faith, the reward is going to be so great. The end result is going to be so powerful. It's going to be, it's going to be full of peace and joy, and it's going to give you some of the greatest answers and some of the greatest direction that you've seen in your life. But just hang in there. Um, we love every one of you guys. Yeah. If you have something that you're maybe dealing with or maybe that you're waiting for and you just you need someone to say a short prayer for you or to have that little extra boost of faith, reach out to us because we would love to be able to, to just put you on a list Maybe we can't go into detail, but to just have your name there to say whatever they're facing today, God, give them give them the strength to understand the next step yeah. so that they can see what yeah. you have for them in the waiting. Absolutely. We're praying for you, but absolutely, just what Andrew said, find us on social media. We're both out there, um, and, and we want to pray specifically for you if we can do that. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for the for the second episode. We're so excited to continue this podcast and keep things going. If you have not yet, go ahead and share that on, on uh, social media. Share that with a friend. Text it to a friend. Hit that subscribe button, and we will see you next week. Rate and review also. Yes. That's what, that's what helps us out. That's true, yes. And just a little plug, we have a really exciting guest coming next week, so don't miss it.